Welcome back to Starcrossed. Just to catch you up to speed, Roger and Henrietta love each other. Henrietta's father, Henry, is having none of it. He betroths her to the dastardly villain, Lord Arthur Westcombe. The first. Roger has one month to prove that he can take care of Henrietta with his career as a poet. Meanwhile, Shakespeare is suffering from severe writer's block and is in massive debt to... Lord Arthur Westcombe! The first. Shakespeare has one month to pay off his debts to Arthur or else it's off to prison. Roger proves to be quite good and William decides to cut a few corners and use Roger's wonderful work as his own. When Roger finds out William has been stealing from him, he confronts him and a well-choreographed duel takes place. In the heat of battle, Henrietta tries to intervene and accidentally finds herself at the business end of two rapiers. Sit down, relax, and enjoy part two of Starcross to find out what happens next. paces nervously while Shakespeare waits casually. Henry enters and he is furious. You! Both of you! Turned my daughter into a shish kebab! Get out! Alright! Roger grabs him by the back of his shirt collar and pulls William back. Is she alright? Please let me see her. She's fine. No thanks to you. Do you, do you still need me or may I be on my way? Roger glares at him. What? She's all right, right? No need for me to stick around any longer. Now that you have everything you want, you're just going to leave, is that it? Yes. Henrietta enters wearing a sling. Henrietta! I'm so glad you're all right. Roger begins to approach her, but Henry stands in between them. Father, there is no need for that. I'm afraid that it is. This boy who claims to love you almost caused you death. That wasn't my fault. It was his. Points and William. My fault? Y you started that fight. I wouldn't have if you hadn't stolen my poetry. We would never have fought had she not stolen my work. Points at Henrietta. So now it's her fault. Exactly. Had she not interfered, you would have never found out what I was doing and you wouldn't have stabbed her. I did not stab her. You did. I didn't say you did it on purpose. That's enough. I will be fine. My wound is not so deep as a well, nor wide as a church door. He took everything from me. How will we be together now? He has not taken you from me. Henrietta pushes past Henry. Roger opens his arms to embrace her. She is suddenly intercepted by Arthur. She's right. I'm taking her. No! Arthur pulls out a dagger to ward Roger off. William has become understandably uncomfortable with the situation. Uh, I'm going to go now. William begins uh, to exit. I really should be thanking you, Shakespeare. William stops cold. Discomfort has turned to anger. William does not turn to look at Arthur. I knew Roger would fail, but never so spectacularly as this. I owe you a favor. Arthur considers. Consider your play a wedding gift to me and my new bride. 
William turns now to face Arthur. It will be my honor. William bows mockingly. Whether Arthur knows this or not, doesn't matter. He is winning. What about our deal? I still have time. Of course. I just wonder who will believe it's your poetry after watching William Shakespeare's play. I hope you're satisfied, Shakespeare. This is all your fault. He angrily pushes past William. Uh, don't leave. Roger turns momentarily to face Henrietta. I should have run. He exits. Come, my sweet. Let's be off now. Arthur laughs as he takes Henrietta by the arm. <laughs> Henrietta pulls away and marches over to William and slaps him. Waspish woman! If I be waspish, best beware my sting. Kind men like Roger are hard to find because of cruel, selfish men like you. He extended you a hand of trust, and you return it with a knife in the back. You should be ashamed of yourself. Henrietta exits. Arthur and William share a look. What are you staring at? You have to marry her. William exits. Scene two, Hathaway home. Anne waits. William enters. He's a little embarrassed to be back in the home of Anne Hathaway, and her delight to see him makes him even more bashful. <laughs> By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. He turns to face William. <laughs> William Shakespeare, you devilish boy, back again. Hello, Anne. Mm, it has been a long time since I've seen you. From what I heard, you were reaching new heights. Very funny. We both know very well how that went. And now you're here because... You know why I'm here. Please don't make me say it. Yes, I know why you're here, but you still have to say it. Please, no. Ask. How about... Uh, just... Nicely. William reluctantly goes to one knee. He has rehearsed this many times and can say it without thinking. Anne, gem of the house Hathaway, and the apple of my eye, wilt thou honor me by being the benefactor of my next play? Anne is silent. She raises one eyebrow. Uh, my flowering, fair-faced valentine. <laughs> That wasn't so difficult, was it? Hmm. Have you ever experienced internal bleeding? <laughs> that, that is why I love you. You love my work. You, your work. I always believe you were somewhere in the, somewhere between the lines. It's my livelihood, nothing more. It's your passion. We can go back and forth all day, Anne. Will you help me or not? Or do you hate me too, like everyone else? I could never hate you. You know that. Then you'll help me. You hurt my family, me and my family, when you cut ties with us for Lord Westcombe. Then you won't help me. That's your problem. Too quick to jump to conclusions. You only see one path, one solution. I asked a simple question with a simple answer. <laughs> Anne is silent for a moment, a small smile on her face. Whether she really is thinking about whether to help William or if she's just stalling to make him even more uncomfortable is not clear. Yes, William, I will help you. I'll have my father bring you the money. Oh, 
thank you. There is one condition. Heavens above, no. I want to be in your play. What? But you're a woman. No me, no money. You are a conniving woman. Fine. You can be the nurse or something. No, I want to be a principal character. You're killing me here. Do you want the money or not? Fine, fine, fine. I I look forward to working with you. No, you can have any part you want. (laughs) Perfect. I look forward to working with you. (laughs) I will be on my way then. He begins to exit. William. William looks back. Are you going to be all right? Yes. With your help, my new play will... I wasn't talking about your play. William knows what she means. I am fine. I hope so. I miss your smile. William nods once, bows to Anne, and exits. Scene three, a public place. Roger has been drowning himself in alcohol. Not particularly strong alcohol. Roger just can't hold his liquor. (laughs) William enters. What do you want? Drinks from the bottle. You look like you need someone to drink with. I'm not drinking. He knocks the bottle over. I wasn't finished with that. I think you might have had enough. You've had enough. Enough what? You know. Roger picks up the bottle, forgetting that he spilled it. He tries to take a drink, but alas, the bottle is empty. He drops it sadly. Come on, let's get you out of here. Don't touch me! I don't need your help! You can barely stand. Fool me once? Shame on you. (laughs) Fool me twice? Shame on you again. William (sighs) grabs Roger under the arms. That doesn't make any sense. Your mother doesn't make any sense. One day, I hope you'll understand. What it's, what it's like to be me. <laughs> you're a selfish bastard. I'm not going to argue with you while you're drunk. I did what I did and can't change that. Can't or can't? I can't go back and find out, can I? I hate you. Roger shoves William. William stumbles backwards. Me too. Now knock it off. Let's get you home. Roger shoves William again. This time, William loses his footing and falls to the ground. He hits his head and is knocked out. Nightmare. William finds himself on a bare stage. Hello? Where am I? Only silence. Is someone there? Roger enters. Roger, thank goodness. The the last thing I remember was... um... What beast was then that made you break this enterprise with me? I, I don't understand. Henrietta enters. When you durst do it, then you were a man. Anne enters. And to be more than what you were, you would be so much more the man. And what's he then that says I play the villain? This foul man hath betrayed me. My fleet hath yielded to the foe, and yonder they cast their caps and carouse together like friends long lost. "'Tis thou hast sold me to this novice, and my heart only makes war on thee." "'Please, please forgive me. 
there would have been a time for such a word. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. You have done me wrong. Notorious wrong. Enough! Roger falls silent. He steps back to join the circle surrounding William. Alack, I, I love myself. Wherefore, for any good that I myself have done unto myself? Oh, no. Alas, I rather hate myself, deeds committed by myself. I am a villain, yet I lie. I am not. Fool of thyself, speak well. Fool, do not flatter. My conscience hath a thousand several tongues, and tongue brings in a several tale. And every tale condemns me for a villain. Perjury, perjury! In the highest degree, thongs to the bar crying all guilty, guilty. I shall despair. There is no creature loves me. And if I die, no soul shall pity me. Scene four, William awakes in Anne's arms. Thank goodness you're awake. Oh, Anne. I don't know what you've done but we can make it right. I'll help you. I, I, I don't deserve anyone's help. <laughs> we rarely do, but help is there. I never deserved you. That's an entirely different story. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll always be there. Anne helps William to his feet. I have an idea. I'm going to make everything right. He takes her hand and they exit. Scene five, opening night. Romeo and Juliet. Henrietta, Arthur, and Henry enter. What a night for the theater. Arthur takes his seat. Yes, I do find it quite splendid night for the theater. Henrietta, do come and have a seat. I prefer to stand. It makes for a quicker exit. Don't be absurd. Shakespeare has guaranteed this to be a night to remember. Arthur pulls Henrietta over to sit next to him. I am not your wife yet. Henrietta stands up and sits on the other side of her father. William peeks out from behind the stage curtain. Wonderful, they've just arrived. Anne looks over his shoulder dressed as a man, a thick beard covering her face. Who's just arrived? H Henrietta and... Looks over his shoulder. Sweet Caesar's ghost! What have you done to yourself? It's a disguise! They can't know I'm a woman! He feels her beard. Where did you get this from? William feels her beard. Uh, oh, you, you didn't. No! <laughs> it's not real. I made it. I am I'm quite impressed. Thank you. You were saying... Yes, uh, Henrietta has arrived. Now we just need Roger. How are you going to get him back here? I don't think it'll be too difficult. He already wants me dead. I think I could use that to my advantage. A sound plan. Hmm. Roger enters with John. Look, there they are. Come and sit down, Roger. I don't want to sit down. When I see that walking pile of human manure, I'm going to kill him. This will go exactly as planned. Go ahead and get the show started. 
Anne nods and runs around to the stage. William steps out from his hiding place. Hey, Roger! Roger jumps to his feet. Want another go, you ninny? William literally bites his thumb at Roger. Roger chases him to the back side of the stage. Anne emerges and begins the prologue. Lords and ladies, welcome! Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. Loud struggling is heard backstage. Get, get over continues here, despite the manure. Open. Uh, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. Gah! The curtains shake violently. Take William cries out. That. Uh, from forth the fatal loins of these two foes come a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life whose misadventures piteous overthrows do their death bury their parents strife the fearful passage of their death-marked love and the continuance of their parents rage which but their children's end not could remove the curtain shakes again ouch is now the two-hour traffic of our stage, the which your patient ears attend. <laughs> William briefly appears under the curtain, trying to escape, and then is suddenly pulled back as his eyes widen in terror. What here shall miss? Our toll strive to mend! <laughs> Anne exits. The curtains part, and Roger is suddenly thrust on stage. He stares at the audience like they were the headlights of an oncoming 18-wheeler and he were a small woodland creature. He notices Henrietta. She waves. The fear is now almost overwhelming. He tries to exit back through the curtain. William stops him. Get out there and act, you fool. I'm not an actor. You are now. I don't know the play. Of course you do. You wrote it. William gives Roger another shove back onto the stage. Roger takes a deep breath. The next several scenes are Roger, William, and Anne performing the first ever performance of Romeo and Juliet. Mercutio Tybalt death scene. Anne is Mercutio, Roger is Romeo, and William is Tybalt. Roger tries to keep up. He has a feeling of improvisation. Romeo, the hate I bear thee can afford no better term than this. Thou art a villain. Tybalt, the reason that I have to love thee doth much excuse the appertaining rage to such a, a greeting. Villain, I am none. Therefore, farewell. I, I see thee knowest me not. Boy, this shall not excuse the injuries thou hast done me. Therefore, turn and draw. Do protest. I never injured thee, but love thee better than thou canst devise. <laughs> Till thou shalt know the reason of my love, and so good Capulet, which name I tender dearly as my own, be satisfied. Oh, calm, dishonorable, vile submission. Ostacosa carries it away. Draws sword. Tybalt! You rat-catcher, will you walk? What wouldst thou have with me? Good king of cats, nothing but one of your nine lives. That I mean to make bold withal. And as you shall use me hereafter, dry beat the of the eight. Will you pluck your sword out of its pitcher by the ears? 
Make haste, lest mine be about your ears, ere it be out. I am for you. Draw sword. Gentlemen, for shame. Forbear this outrage. Tybalt, Mercutio, the prince expressly hath forbidden banding in, in Verona's streets. William and Anne, Juliet is expertly rehearsed. Roger looks for his moment to intervene several times, almost at the wrong time. Hold, uh, Tybalt, good Mercutio. He attempts once more to come between them. William stabs Anne under Roger's arm. She dies in dramatic fashion. Roger looks on in shock. William prompts him to continue with the play. Roger crosses the Anne. Why the devil came you between us? I was hurt under your arm. Roger tries his best to keep up with Anne and William. I, I thought all for the best. A plague on both your houses. They have made worms meat of me. I have it and soundly do. A plague on both your houses. Anne dies. William steps forward to help move the play forward. Roger, however, begins to match strides with William and Anne. This gentleman, the prince's near ally, my very friend, hath got his mortal hurt in my behalf. My re reputation stained with Tybalt's slander. Tybalt just an hour hath been my kinsman. Oh, sweet Juliet. Thy beauty hath made me effeminate and in my temper softened valor steel. He looks out in the audience at Henrietta. This day's black fate on Mo days doth depend. This but begins the woe others must end. Roger stands, gently laying Anne on the ground. Now, Tybalt, take the villain back again. That late you gavest me for Mercutio's soul is a little bit over our heads. Staying for thine, staying for thine to keep my him company. Either thou or I must go with him. Picks up Anne's sword and points it at William. William smiles. Thou wretched boy, thou didst consort him here. Shout with him hence. They fight expertly. Roger is really getting into the action now, and his passion results in some very close calls. Mm -hmm. William draws him in close. Take it easy, it's just a show. Sorry. They fight until Roger overcomes William. William falls dead to the ground. Roger stands over him. Arthur leaps to his feet and applauds. Two deaths in one scene, marvelous. He whoops and sits back down. Roger, after his passionate performance, is momentarily lost as what to do next. William comes to his aid. I am Fortune's fool. Roger looks around awkwardly, then leans in to hear William. Tipple doth live still. What say you, rat catcher? I am Fortune's fool. You are Fortune's fool? You, you are fortune's fool. Oh, I, I am fortune's fool. He exits, lights dim, backstage. Backstage, William and Anne are preparing for the next scene. Anne is hurriedly trying to change her costume, but she's having a little trouble with the beard. Anne, hurry, this is your big scene. We have a problem. No, 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 no. We can't have problems right now. 
Anne enters wearing a beautiful dress, but the beard is still stuck to her face. Oh, by Jove. You won't come off! You can't wear that in this scene. Juliet is a, a fair-skinned beauty. I don't know what's wrong. It's just stuck. How did you get it off earlier? I just pulled it off. Let me try. No, you'll hurt me. I will not. Okay, just be careful. William takes hold of the facial hair and screams. I haven't done anything yet. Sorry. William gives her beard a tug. She screams for real this time. Oh, that is really stuck on there. What are we going to do? I don't know. Think for a minute. The solution is not pleasant. Oh, damn. I don't have an idea either. No, damn, I do have an idea. Quick, change out of the dress. Crypt. Juliet lies on the stage, her face is covered by a veil so as to obscure her face. Roger enters and approaches the fair maiden who appears to be dead. How oft when men are at the point of death have they been merry, which their keepers call a, a lightning before death. Oh, how may I call this a lightning? Oh, my love, my wife, death that hath sucked the honey of thy breath hath not had power yet upon thy beauty. Roger pulls back the veil to reveal the face of William Shakespeare. <gasps> he recoils in surprise. William is not a beautiful woman by any means, and this is a major turnoff. Thou art not conquered. <clears throat> Beauty's enzyme yet is crimson in thy lips and in thy cheeks, and death's pale flag is not advanced there. Ah, dear Juliet, why art thou yet so fair? Shall I believe that unsubstantial death is amorous and that the lean, abhorred monsters keep thee here in the dark to be his paramour? For fear of that, I still will stay with thee and never from this palace of dim night depart again. Here, here will I remain with worms that are thy chambermaids. Oh, here will I set my everlasting rest and shake the yoke of inauspicious stars from this world, wearied flesh and lips, oh, the doors of breath. Roger shudders. Seal with a righteous kiss, dateless bargain to engrossing death. Leans in to kiss William. He gags slightly. Uh, come bitter conduct, come unsavory guide. Leans in to kiss William. He can barely keep it together as he leans in. He gags slightly and then his lips barely touch William's. It looks more like he breathed on him. Oh, yeah. Thou desperate pilot, not at once written on the dashing rocks. The seasick weary bark. Here's to my love, oh true apothecary. Takes out the poison and drinks it. Thy drugs are quick. Thus with a kiss I die. Dies. Enter Anne as Friar Lawrence. Romeo, alack, alack, what blood is this which stains the stony entrance of the sepulchre? What mean these masterless and gory swords do lie discolored by this place of peace? Romeo, oh pale, ah, oh, what an unkind hour is guilty of this lamentable trance. The lady stirs. William sits up and begins to speak in his most girly voice. <laughs> Oh, comfortable friar, where is my lord? 
I do remember well where I should be, and there I am. Where is my Romeo? Thy husband in thy bosom there lies dead. Oh, no! Come, I'll dispose of thee among a sisterhood of holy nuns. Stay not to question, for the watch is coming. Come, go, good Juliet, I dare no longer stay. Go, get thee hence, for I will not away. Anne exits. What's here? A cup closed in my true love's hand. Poison, I see, hath been his timeless end. Oh, churl, drunk all and left no friendly drop to help me after. I will kiss thy lips. Roger opens his eyes in shock. Some poison yet doth hang on then uh, to make me die with a restorative. William takes a deep breath, crosses himself, leans in to kiss Roger. Roger suddenly hands him a dagger. Really? Roger prods him again with the dagger. Fine. You can be such a baby. Uh, William poison. takes the dagger and holds it up. Poison, no! No, happy dagger, this is thy sheath. They rust and let me die. Pretends to stab himself repeatedly and dies. He falls on top of Roger. Anne enters. A gloomy peace this morning which it brings. The sun for sorrow will not show his head. Go hence to have more talk of these sad things. Some shall be pardoned and some punished. For never was a story of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. She bows. Arthur jumps to his feet and applauds. Bravo! Bravo! Encore! Roger and William stand and take their bows, then exit the stage. What was all that supposed to be out there? <laughs> they loved it! <sighs> Anne was supposed to be Juliet. We had a problem with her disguise. It still won't come off. I can't believe I had to kiss you. The show must go on. You both were magnificent. <laughs> Thank you, but why did I have to do it? You're about to find out. Anne, Henry, and Arthur approach them. Shakespeare, I must say that was a most wonderful production. Far better than I could have ever expected. The pleasure was mine, my lord, but... It appears that we still have some unsettled business, hmm. What would that be? You may begin by returning the lady to her beloved. Why on earth would I do that? I believe you and my friend Roger had an arrangement. Which he failed at. I was under the impression he had to show you his profession could provide for Miss Henslow. And? And it appears he has had a change of profession. Your proceeds, my friend. Anne hands Roger a large bag of money. Lord Henslow, does this satisfy your demands? All eyes on Henry. Henrietta takes her father's hand. Henry kisses his daughter on the forehead. It does. What? Henrietta runs to Roger. They kiss. If this is how it will be, then I demand you pay me the money I am owed, Shakespeare. I am afraid the service rendered by my star actors were too steep. <laughs> I have no money to offer you. Then prison it will have to be. Very well. Fair is fair. John, come and have this man arrested. 
William, I won't let you do this. You will keep the money as a wedding gift. I only hope you will forgive me for how I, I treated you. Of course you're forgiven. John approaches. Uh, what is it, my lord? Shakespeare gave all of the money he owed me to your son, and your son stole my bride. Ah! Uh, you're engaged! Are you, Barbara? Uh, I am so happy. I thought this day would never come. They hug. And thank you, Father. I am so proud. Enough. Arrest him. I will have one victory today. I am sorry, Mr. Shakespeare. <clears throat> Mr. Shakespeare. It's all right, John. Uh, congratulations on your son's engagement. He extends his wrist to be handcuffed. Wait, I can't allow this to happen. Do not get involved. Silence! I have suffered your behavior long enough. Shakespeare, I am a stubborn old man, but not stubborn enough to admit when I have truly made a mistake. You did for my daughter and this young man what I should have been doing from the beginning. I will pay your debt to Lord Westcombe. I will not accept. Then you will receive nothing. Release this man, John. With pleasure. You will pay for this. Especially you, Shakespeare. You'll all pay. Bob's <laughs> his foot and exits. Wonderful production, Shakespeare. I look forward to more. Henry and John exit. How can I ever repay you? No repayment necessary, but you have performances every night for the next three months. <laughs> ha! I knew there was a catch. Don't be late. Thank you, William. She kisses William on the cheek. She and Roger exit. That went better than expected. Oh, well, considering I didn't end up in prison, that was a nice twist. It'll be nice not having to visit you behind bars. Thank you for everything. I, I couldn't have done this without you. <laughs> no, you couldn't have. Kiss. <laughs> Arthur enters. I forgot my. They all turn to stare at each other. Hmm. What were you two? Gentlemen, we were. All right, then. I'm just going to be going, then. Exit. You're going to ruin me. <laughs> Never. They kiss again. The end. Hey everybody, this is Patrick Carlisle, the writer of Starcross. Thank you so much for listening to my play, and a huge thanks to the cast of We Like You First for doing such an excellent performance. Tune in each week for more fun, exciting, original content on our podcast, We Like You First.